0: Welcome to Leadership Conversations with Josh Reich and Casey Cease. We have the conversations leaders want to have so they can win at leadership. Now, onto our show. And welcome back to another episode of Leadership Conversations. This is Casey Cease along with my co-host Josh Reich. Josh, how's it going, man?
1: Man, it's great. We are uh, we are enjoying winter in Arizona. So it's uh, it's why everybody lives here.
0: Yeah, what's winter like there? What what, what, what are you running right now? Temperature wise? Oh,
1: you know, it's about 70, sunny. There's snow in the mountains, so it's the way. It's the way I like winter.
0: Perfect, man. That's that's <laughs> I perfect. can
1: I can see the snow.
0: Yeah, when it gets in the far 70s. Away. When it gets in the 70s down here in Houston, it's like uh uh it's a punishment because of the humidity. And it's a mockery of winter. But down there, I'm sure it's cool and crisp and dry. It and is. It's uh beautiful. I got a
1: I have a I have a hoodie on today, so um that's how you know it's just beautiful. It's just God's weather right here. So
0: well, there you go, man. So is it so still fall? humid in the winter there? Do you guys uh, get humidity oh, in the winter? Humidity, humidity is pretty much nonstop down here in in the the as we call it the third coast in the you know in, in Texas. The third coast, the third coast, man. <laughs> yeah. You get the East Coast. I've and never heard that life.
1: before. Oh yeah, we've never the, heard that before. That's we're hilarious. The
0: third coast, man. So
1: that's awesome.
0: Well, good. Yeah. So today I wanted to talk a little bit about the leader's resilience. The getting up after a fall the picking yourself up um you know in growing you know the thickening of skin i remember Early on, when I was getting into the church planting circles and you know reading business books and everything else, it always talked about having thick skin or thicker skin. And one of the things that I've always had, I felt as a weakness, was sensitivity. That um, I didn't naturally have thick skin. Things bothered me, and as um, as a feeler and perceiver, man, I could I could sense it when people were. Um, were, I felt like they were upset with me or off with me or disagreed with me. And it greatly affected me. Um, and then after getting involved in business and church planting, having failures along the way, many f- micro failures and some more macro failures, uh, it was really a hit. And so Josh and I were talking and we wanted to help our listeners think through that today as leaders, when, when life happens, when mistakes happen, when failure happens, what are some ways that we can get up? So Josh, what are, what are your initial thoughts about this topic?
1: yeah well I think one of the things that's interesting what you just said was how being a feeler affected that like yeah. do you do you see that as something that what is is a weakness was that did that make failure harder for you is that i mean how did how did that affect it
0: for you I, I think you know in in a very natural way I think all people experience failure somehow uh, yeah. for me you know I think my pride tends to envelop itself on shame in the sense that my Uh, my sense of worth or value or identity um, had become somewhat tied or very much tied to my performance, my ability to perform. And so when I was performing well, I had a better self valuation, self worth. And as I performed poorly or didn't execute the way that I I probably should have, it, it, it changed that. And as a follower of Jesus, as I matured in my faith, I began to realize that my worth and value is not found solely in my performance. My worth and value is ultimately found in Christ. And while I get that in a very, uh, intellectual, uh, level, um, internally, man, that was really tough, you know, especially, um, and just, you know, feeling that, and, you know, I had a a friend that's a therapist kind of helped me sort through the difference between guilt and shame, uh, Mm. guilt being like, man, that was wrong. I should not have done that. Shame is, um, I am wrong. You know, it hits on, um, you know, my identity. And so the difference there is pretty profound and had a lot of effect, Um, it still does at times when it comes through seasons or events that feel, or at least are experienced like a failure.
1: Well, and I think, like you said, failure is something every leader is going to have. Absolutely, It's, you know, if you start a business, you start a church, you start a new ministry, uh, you stand up in front of a group of people and give a talk somewhere you, you develop a leader. There's failure is just going to happen. It's just the natural part of leading. Uh, people are going to let you down. You're going to let somebody else down. And so I think just at the beginning, you just have to understand as a leader, something's not going to go right. It's not going to go the way that you expect this to go. Um, and, and not, and I think sometimes, you know, you'll read different books about like failing forward or, you know, picking yourself up. And I think too often we try to put, um, a spin on it. That's just not, I don't know if it's just not helpful or just not possible all the time. Like it is going to hurt people are going to hurt you. It's going to even be devastating. Sometimes uh, make you question your leadership calling or whether you're doing the right thing. And so um, I, that's just a big part of having to understand that. So, I mean, for you, Casey, like uh, one of the questions I always get from leaders, is they love to just hear about failures, you know, like, how'd you pick yourself up? You know, what, what's something you've walked through that you've had to pick yourself up from?
0: Yeah, you know, you know, early in an earlier episode, I shared about my story, my testimony, the crash I was in, and that was probably one of the pinnacle failures of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they can go back and listen to that. I think it's the one where I'm talking about self-awareness and looking through my story. But yeah. other ones, you know, have been f- felt on, you know, maybe uh, entrusting too much to the wrong person. Um, it, you know, and early on, like in our church plant here, um, we had a group of folks and kind group of people and they genuinely love the Lord but they were coming out of a defunct church plant and you know, had several expectations. And as we started building up momentum and moving towards a, a launch, um, they just one by one kind of fell away. And in a matter of like a week or two, we went from a Sunday evening attendance of around 30 down to about 11 people, of which I was the oldest at age 30. Um, and so, you know, our revenue dropped from 3000 We we took a hit of about 3000 a month out of like a 6,000 a month budget. And, um, I mean it was it was pretty substantial and and that was that was one of the first licks I took uh as a leader a lead pastor. Now I was part of other church plants and endured some hits with the lead pastors there. Um, but, but I will say that the number two spot in most leadership opportunities organization is usually a pretty sweet space to be in. Um, because you, you get to inf- have pretty profound levels of influence if you're in a healthy organization. Um, but you don't take all the hits. Um, yeah. it's usually the head guy that does. But so my yeah. first time as a lead guy early on, I mean, and mind you, I'd had success in ministry, traveling and speaking, helped start other churches, you know, had some business success and, you know, having these people say basically like, nah, we we just can't go the distance with you. And then back out and leave, uh, yeah. it was pretty dead. I mean, even to the extent where Stephanie was like, Hey, did you miss God's call in this? Yeah. Um, which, and she didn't mean it's snotty. She just meant it, you know, sincere, like, Whoa, what are we doing here? And so yeah. uh, that was a very low point. That was in the, the late summer of 2010 shortly after we moved to the area to start planting the church.
1: Yeah. And I think we maybe need to do a whole episode on just the devastating, just how devastating it is when people betray you and walk away from you. Yeah. You know, as a leader, Um, you know, I know for us, you know, we, we planted our church nine years ago and, you know, grew slowly. Um, And about two years ago we were, you know, we had grown to over 300 people in our church and so we moved Um, Just two miles. We moved to a a different neighborhood, to a different uh, location. And within six months, over half of our um, attendance had left. Um, Our giving dropped three grand a week. Mm. And I I mean, it was, uh, and then we moved a second time. Wait, wait, did you say three
0: grand a week? Yes. So like 12K a a month. Yes. I mean, some of our listeners, 12K a month would sound like a dreamboat, you know, And, and you lost 12 grand a month.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. And so, and then we moved a second time within six months and lost more people. And I mean, it was, I mean, in those moments, those are some of the darkest moments that a leader has. Yeah. You know, when things don't go wrong. And I was, I was thinking about it, you know, especially for, for Christians, you know, whether they start a business or a ministry, a nonprofit, a church, you know, not only, and here's why I think they feel this so, differently and so deeply and have such a hard time coming back from it is not only do they feel the failure as a man or a woman or as a leader, but, and they, and they wonder how other people view them as a leader and if they view them as a failure, but they also feel like they have failed God. Yeah, And that is, that is such a deep thing for, for leaders to feel that they think, you know, God called me to this. I thought God wanted me to do this. God, you know, told me to put this church here, or this business here, or I was supposed to, make this higher or make this decision. And when it failed, we then internally feel like we have failed God. Yeah. And, and that's what I think, at least for me, as I've looked back, that's what I think makes it so devastating. It's not just this situation. um, But then it's that spiritual side of it um, that I think is so hard to come back from. and so hard to keep moving forward.
0: Well, Um, and you know, I've had people say to me, Hey, it's not, it's not personal. It's, it, this isn't personal. <laughs>
1: it's always personal.
0: I mean, and it's like, <laughs> sure. Let, let me, let me remove that part of my brain. Uh, um, the profound reaction to rejection that I'm experiencing. And I hear it sometimes it's not personal in the sense of like, look, if our life was different, we'd be here with you. But because of these circumstances, blah, 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 but there's still a loss. And, and yeah. that's, I think that's probably what's most offensive. Um, at least in, in the moment is the, well, it's not personal. Well, okay, fine, but it has personal consequences, yeah, and, and that's you know i mean i had I had a guy leave the church who I considered a close friend via email Saturday night before worship on Sunday morning, yeah you know and and then he was he was perplexed as to why I was upset by that, yeah, and, and oh man, it just it's those types of things that I think really at least I didn't expect, you know, and yeah. even in business, you know, you have colleagues or maybe vendors you're working with who, you know, who come in and they, they go a different direction. I mean, I've, I've had, I've had authors in the past that I've worked with where we're basically doing everything for free and they turn around and bite at you because they don't feel like you did enough of them, you know, and yeah. it, that sense of like failure of no matter what I did, I couldn't keep this author happy. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, it, it's not just, you know, pastors and church leaders. I mean, it's anytime you deal with humans, either you are, um, feeling like people are failing you or letting you down or rejecting you or you're failing someone else. And so it's it's a, it's a, it's a reality, both directions. When you feel like you've been failed and when you feel like you failed others, it still has a pretty profound effect.
1: Yeah. And I think as a leader, I mean, the first thing you have to decide before we get to how do you pick yourself up? How do you, how do you be resilient? you have to just decide when I step into the leadership game, I'm stepping in to the reality that I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to get betrayed. Things aren't going to work at some point I'm going to fail. It's not going to go how I expected it to go and to just not be surprised by it. Yeah. Like like you just, I I think too many times I know I did when I started out in leadership, I just, I was very naive about it. You know, this is going to work because every church planning conference I ever went to, the only people on stage just talked about how it worked. Right. So I just assumed they all worked right. and come to find out, no, most businesses that get started, most churches that get started don't work. They don't make it and and that's hard to take. And so you just have to know at the very beginning, if you're going to lead change, if you're going to lead anything, that failure is going to happen at some point and it's going to be hard and it's probably going to hurt at some point.
0: Yeah. Welcome, so what to you, be, welcome to being human. The thing I think for leaders is it's just, it's a bit more amplified, you yeah. know? Uh, when, when you're impacting and leading other people, your, your failures are that there's more dominoes that fall.
1: Yeah. Now, how do you, what are some things you've done to build some resiliency?
0: Man, I, the, the first bit of advice, uh, that I give to people is the most frustrating bit of advice. And, uh, the first bit of advice is I've been through it. Um, and I, you know, I've noticed it. And I I think, you know, as we've, we've done a series on being self-aware, the more I'm aware of how it's having an effect on me and things that are going on, um, and, and stuff like that, I, uh, you know, uh, I mean, just, I'm more aware of like, Hey, I feel sad. I don't feel like getting out of bed. Hey, I, I, I feel like quitting. I've, and so learning to feel those things and articulate those things, but also I preface it now with my wife and she knows that when I say, I feel like quitting doesn't mean that she needs to start panicking that i 'm going to be unemployed you know on Monday or whatever, um, you know but but really just start owning where I am right, and, and then acknowledging from there is like where do I want to be um, yeah. ideally, I want to be at a place where i 'm not just this piece of stone that doesn 't feel anything, but I want to appropriately uh, apportion the right amount of motion towards that, you know and i 've heard uh, you know, uh, Darren Hardy in his book, uh, "The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster," he talks about how things used to take him. You know, they they would affect him for over a week, then then a day, and then you know a couple hours, then then twenty minutes. You know, and and he just began to take control uh, of his thoughts. And and while you know he's coming from a mainstream perspective, that that is biblical to take our thoughts captive, right? And to remember those things. So the first thing is, you know, I've been through it, and I'm aware of where I've been. The second thing. Is that um, you know? I learned to have hard conversations. I realized that you know, in, in growing up, uh, I was I was actually a bit more passive compared to my sister, and so I you know I didn't speak up until I just got really mad, and so all I knew was fight or flight, and so I had to realize that no, there there needs to be uh, a, m- a middle ground, and so one thing I've done is I've listened to several times the book Crucial Conversations on audiobook. Mm. And learn to have those harder conversations and how to keep uh, my wants in check and to, to handle those things to really try to have that closure. And I think the harder things for me still to get over, Josh, are the things that the other parties aren't willing to resolve or reconcile yeah. or anything else. And you still have to, in Christ, find peace. And so mm. the third thing there I would say is, is, is understanding my identity Um, And and that's things we've talked about before uh, in there. We're coming from a Christian perspective, and we believe that our identity is found in Jesus Christ because of his accomplished work on the cross and the power of his resurrection. And so um, moving beyond just the trite, oh, well, I'm found in Christ, or I've been crucified with Christ. And I'm not saying Paul was being trite, but I'm saying that Christians often, often flippantly say that that I, I I began by having to acknowledge like I know that's true, but that's not what I that's not my reality right now. I'm not experiencing that as true yet. And, and it began as a confession. Yeah. And and then an exploration of, you know, where am I missing it? And so people leave the church now or upset or unwilling to reconcile. It still affects me but it's less physiological long-term. I don't lose as much sleep and I don't feel the need to self-medicate with sleep or food or drink or anything else like that, right. uh, nearly as much. And and I know I have people now, friends I can reach out to, um, and, and talk through and you and I have, you know, uh, as our friendship has grown is being able to reach out and say, Hey, how's this going with so-and-so and, and be able to walk through that. But I think that's extremely important to so have people who understand and can walk with you through it.
1: Yeah. And I think for me, it's a little bit different because, you know, on uh, my personality, you know, the personality test that I got back from the Myers Briggs was essentially that I'm a robot without feelings, and, <laughs> um, and you that's know, why, a, on the Enneagram, you're What's like,
0: that? I'm kind of like your metal detector of emotions. So you put me out <laughs> there and say, which, what feelings are going on? What, <laughs> I know. What are there to be I know. Here, because like, I have I some friends that way, and you keep me balanced because you're like, I just rub dirt on it. It's fine.
1: Yeah and I mean and you know on the enneagram being an 8 I you know I just push through things and so I I think a lot of leaders a lot of leaders are either on the feeling side or more on the logical thinking side and so I've had to train myself to actually feel what's happening yeah you know and and to not you know cuz before I mean I would just push through it and I would just say well you know what we're just going to move forward with the people who want to be here and if you don't want to be here then that's just fine and And I, like, I believed that, and that was just how I I led at the beginning of our church and in my 20s, but now trying to really engage and, and learn, okay, well, what, you know, how do I, how do I engage that hurt? You know, how do I, how do I name that and say, yeah, like that, that hurt, like that was really crummy when that person said that, like that wasn't awesome at all, and, um, and, and to enter into that, cause that can be a scary place for a leader because, you know, my go-to reaction when it comes to something that's not working is I just want to have tough skin and just bulldoze through. Yeah. And, and that ends up, I think that's why a lot of leaders end up burning out. Um, because then I'm just working harder. Right. Um, you know, and I just start to think, well, you know what? Like the reason I failed is because I didn't put enough effort into this. I didn't put enough time into it. And, and so then, you know, you have all these leaders who just end up having all of this hurt, um, that they've just not dealt with all of this pain because it is painful. You know, it, it, you know, when I, when I stood on the stage at at our church and looked out and, and saw all the people who, who had left over those six months, like a leader, you, you feel all of that personally. Absolutely. Um, that it all hurts. And so, you know, so I think to, it, to understand if you are more on the feeling side of things, more on the logical side of things, and just how you're going to view failure, then how you're going to feel it, what you're going to do with those things. I just think those are important things to understand, um, you know, and to maybe understand that, you know, season, you know, seasons are real in leadership. There, right, are failure, there are seasons of failure. There's seasons of growth. There's se- seasons of stagnation, seasons of decline. Um, you know, it, things don't last forever. Um, and, and to just be okay with that and to just say, you know, this just may be the end or this just may be, we're, this is just a hard season right now. And and I think the more that, that you can stand up and be honest with not only yourself, but then the people that you're leading. Like I, I stood up and said, Hey, you know what? Like this move that we made really didn't go the way that we thought it was going to go. Right. Everybody in the room already thought that.
0: Right. You're acknowledging <laughs> you what everybody else experience. They already
1: thought that. And they wanted to know, like, is, is Josh smart? Does right. he see this, you know, or is he sticking his head in the ground saying, you know what? Oh, like we felt like God called us here. And so it's just going to get better. Right. And we, to this day, I really believe that God called us to that place for all those things to happen. So right. that we could get to where we are now as a church, because we're in the exact right spot for us as a church and and it's easy to look back now and say that, but you know to to just acknowledge failure and say, "Hey, we tried this, It just didn't work. We're not going to do it anymore." right um, And to just say that, I think people just appreciate that, and that just gives that gives you so much um, leadership change with your people then
0: absolutely, and a lot of that is being able to engage um, with that failure, with honesty moving forward, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, yeah. and because look, <laughs> I remember, I remember a friend of mine once said to me, he says, the number one thing you can give your children is your own fallu- fallibility. Um, in the sense of being able to own your mistakes and say, you're sorry. And, and acknowledge that he says, that, that's, a, that's such a blessing, um, to, uh, your children for that. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of times with, with, as leaders, we're afraid to admit failure. And obviously there are moments where you need to discuss that with an attorney or your elders before you sure. come publicly and start throwing things out there. But I think beyond that, it's important to, um, to own that stuff because, you know, not only, you know, especially as pastors, we're not leading to show how, a path to perfection. We're, we're leading to show what it means to to follow after Jesus. And part of that's repentance.
1: Yeah. One of the questions that we started to ask our kids, um, once a week at dinner, you know, I mean, you ask your kids, you know, what was your favorite part of the day and you know, how did school go and things like that. We started to ask our kids, um, what's one thing you failed at this week? Yeah. Um, because one of the things that we're trying to build into our kids is the idea that failure is just going to happen. Yeah. It's just going to be a part of life. You're going to, you're going to try something. You're going to, um, you know, we have four boys, so they're always trying crazy tricks on their skateboards and and, and bikes. And, um, you know, we've, we've been to the ER multiple times and, um, you know, and I'm sure it's all to blame on this parenting philosophy, but <laughs> right. you know, but, but we're, what we want to build into our kids, it's going to be okay. Yeah, You know, you'll be able to pick yourself back up. I mean, every, one of the things that in every book I've read, I feel like in the last year and leadership books, there's just this kind of growing sense of how you build resiliency. And it's really in just understanding failure and being mm-hmm. not just okay with it. Cause that. That sounds kind of trite, but to just say, it's just going to be a normal part of life and leadership and the ones who win and the ones who get ahead are the ones who are able to pick themselves back up at some point and get moving.
0: When I grew up with a very, very successful and very good lawyer, uh, my father, and so um everything was as clear as mud as far as owning things. Right. I yeah. mean, you know what I'm so most kids when they're learning how to drive, you know, uh, in driver's ed and you know, with their parents, you learn stuff like, here's how you turn a signal. Here's how you do this. His is like, never say you're sorry when you get in a wreck, even if it's your fault, never do this, never say wow. this. boom, boom, boom. Right. You know? And so, I mean, that's just, and so, you know, my dad, as he's age, he's been able to own things and say, man, I was wrong, but just a very good attorney where his job is to find, Um, is, is to make unclear that which was clear. Now, when he was a prosecutor in the military in the early eighties, he went 98 and two on the cases he tried, you know, so he can obviously be very clear and articulate right and wrong. Um, but you know, and so growing up and, and realizing no, no man, there's, there's freedom in owning your failures. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really where Christ is exemplified and glorified. And that's where the lessons are learned. If you fail, uh, you know, appropriately. I heard one person say that failure is only failure if you r- refuse to learn from it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I you know, <laughs> I, I, tell people I, I mentor or coach that, you know, um, you know, obviously not morally, we're not looking to mor- morally fail, but when you're trying yeah. things out or running a business, fail frequently, fail quickly, learn from it and
1: adapt as you go. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And, uh, cause it is just going to happen. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I mean, like I can look back now and I can tell you exactly where, like through a series of questions, I can tell you exactly where a church or a business should be based off of who they are because of the experience that we went through in those six months.
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and that's hugely valuable to people who are needing that feedback and input. And, and yeah. that is... That is a grace to many people, you know, and that's where we have to understand that when we begin to, I I think one of the dangers though, uh, that prevents us from getting up is to feel victimized, um, Mm. In, in the failure and, and the reality is is that Christ took upon himself the victimization of failure so that we don't have to live in that spot and if we're called to be a leader and we've chosen to be a leader then we have to understand that it's not really about victimization it's about responsibility and taking responsibility for what we can in that situation um, the more I've been able to grow and mature in that area of taking responsibility even at times where things aren't directly my fault but I am responsible to handle them the more liberation and freedom I've had and the shorter amount of time there's Been so, like, let's say someone leaves because something I did say in a confrontation with them and they're unwilling to meet and everything else. That used to eat my lunch for forever, right? And uh, I mean, I remember one time I had a a woman blog something like we thought they were our friends and they heard down the hall because I got loud when I preach because I get loud when I preach um, and then listened to the recording online and didn't like what I said. And so they went and wrote this blog post she did about me which was brought to my attention before we even met to clarify anything. And when I went to the meeting, I was frustrated and I said, Hey, did you write this blog post about me? And at first she lied and said, no, I did not. And I started reading out paragraph points. I said, that's not about what your email was. She said, well, no, it is. And so she admitted to lying. And so I thought we had reconciled that night. Well, she went on and pulled down the blog. And then like a year later, she put, you know, she was doing a series on abusive pastors or something like that, put that back up and slandered me even further. And put all this stuff on there. And it was like, I mean, it just ripped my heart out, you know? And, um, from something that, that she disagreed with and didn't like how I handled it. I was then clumped into this bundle of guys that, you know, and so, I mean, that just deeply wounded me and affected me and made me doubt things. And that, that was in, I guess, 2012 or somewhere around there, you know, around Christmas, 2012 or so. And, um, you know following that time the lord was gracious to help me think better and think differently about things like that but but those type of things happen to a lot of people i mean i've seen guys that are you know accused of being a cult or um just tons of things as they're planting churches and and so you know that does happen it will happen and it's not if that happens is it's more when that happens how will you endure what will you do to get, pull yourself up and and as i've as i've done that i remember learning about how christ is my advocate that ultimately people might read her her blog or twitter posts or whatever and think that it's true about me or they won't and and i had to then lean into that hope in that and then you know trust the lord and he he's been extremely faithful through all that
1: yeah well, that's all the time we have for today, guys. So we hope that the conversation about resiliency, picking yourself back up, learning from failure, we hopes we hope that it helps you in your leadership uh, to be better leaders. And so we appreciate you guys listening to leadership conversations. Casey, till next time.
0: Talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of Leadership Conversations with Josh Reich and Casey Cease. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, head on over to iTunes or Google Play to subscribe to our podcast. Also, head on over to our website at www.leaderconvos.com.